What's up, everyone? Welcome into another week of Lockdown Bucks. We are going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game 5 just wrapped up, and I continue to look at the NBA Finals from a Bucks lens, so we're going to do that. Uh, we've got our resident Arizona expert, Justin Garcia. So we're going to talk a bit of Dalen Terry today, who is a prospect that I know a lot of people are interested in, and a promotion for Charles Lee as well. We'll continue to talk about the coaching staff. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Uh, you can see and hear me on this show uh, Monday to Friday. Uh, occasionally, there's a you know an off day here or there in the off season. I had a few people ask, "Where were you on Monday? Where have you been?" But it is the off season, and actually, it was a public holiday in Australia. Uh, Queen's birthday. Shout out to the Queen. I don't think it's actually her birthday, but uh, we have a day off work over here, so that's why I took the day off. You can also find uh, my work over at ESPN, and alongside me today. From the Bucks Radio Network, uh, our good friend Justin Garcia. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day, even through the off season. And today's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor of the podcast, Arcade One Up. Bring home a slam dunk, introducing NBA Jam, the Shack Edition from Arcade One Up. Pre-order now to play with legends. Arcade One Up is the place for authentic gaming experiences, featuring licensed retro games from the golden age of arcades. We'll have a bit more about that later on in the show. And I will say one of the coolest promotions we've had on this podcast, I believe, in my humble opinion. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Make sure you're still uh, listening for that one. Justin, so game five's just wrapped up here. And Boston now are in a really difficult situation. Clearly, they had the Steph Curry masterclass in game four. Understandable that you lose that game. But in this game, you had the 0 for 9 from 3 Steph Curry game, and the Celtics still weren't able to win. That feels like a bit of a missed opportunity here. Uh, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum here. I picked the Warriors. You picked the Celtics. So as someone who picked the Celtics, how are you feeling uh, at this point in time? Um, well, we were kind of talking about this before we started taping and that uh, this would be, based on what we've seen during this playoffs, this would be very Celtics to lose this game and then win two in a row. And it's it's similar to what we saw against the Bucs. Granted, this wasn't the final minute where the Warriors won this game. Um, But I don't don't like to get hyperbolic because we've seen the Celtics pick themselves up off the mat a handful of times in this playoffs. Man, when you lose – and you just ran through it. Steph Curry doesn't hit a three. His, His streak of playoff games with one hit comes to an end. The Warriors as a team, it's it's not as though they were great in shooting the lights out. They had nine threes in the game. The role players made big plays in the fourth quarter, in the second half for that matter, uh, really. But there wasn't really a standout performance other than Andrew Wiggins in this game for uh, the Warriors. And those are tough to come back from, especially when it's this close and, and putting you up towards elimination. 
Jason Tatum was, I thought, okay, but it, it, it's just how many times can the Celtics keep coming back from this? We've seen them do it time and time again, but uh, when does that gas tank run out? And Steph Curry's going to hit threes in game six. So to me, that's the daunting part of this for Boston. So as we bring this back to the Bucks, as we always do, I did uh, Australian radio yesterday and I was asked about my serious prediction from that point where it was 2-2. And I kind of sat there and said, well, I'm just expecting, irrespective of what happens in game five, I think that we're going to go to game seven because I do think that both of these teams have significant flaws. And probably the biggest difference, again, and we've spoken about this, is the fact that to me, the Warriors have an out-and-out superstar in Steph Curry. I don't think Boston have that guy. I know there's yeah. been some real urgency to put Jason Tatum up on that level. And there probably is still a Jason Tatum game coming in this series. We saw that. It's still maybe a tough subject. But game six against Milwaukee was the Jason Tatum game. But other than that, uh, he's very inconsistent. So that's why I believe the Warriors will win the series. Uh, but both teams are flawed. And if you think about previous champions, last year you had Giannis, out-and-out superstar. The year before you had LeBron. Obviously, same thing. Anthony Davis played out of his skin. He's not on that level, but LeBron certainly the superstar the year before. It was Kawhi. And then you go back, and every year there was a guy that at the time was an out-and-out top-five player. And again, I do think the Warriors have that. But I do think that we are in this era when we look ahead to next year and we look at the Bucs because we love the Bucs and we love the roster and we love Chris Milton. We love Drew Holiday. But in terms of your number two and three guys, I think historically when you go back and think about the Warriors teams, even the Cavs, the Miami Heat, the Lakers back in the day, the Celtics, they had multiple perennial All-Stars. And Middleton's been the All-Star game three times now, but I don't think he's seen as that Kevin Garnett, second best player, Kobe, whatever it is. And I think in general, we are in this era now when we look at the West and we've said how deep we think the West is going to be. In the East, we're not so sure. But there is at least going to be five to six teams that their fans will probably think that they're a chance to make the NBA finals. And just as I was looking at this series, and it's very hard to predict what's going to happen next game because both teams are streaky and both teams have flaws. And I think that we understand that the Bucs have some flaws on their roster as well. But I think the, the difference is that they've got Giannis. And I still think having a top three, top five player is it is going to be the difference in terms of teams that can win a title and perhaps teams that can't? It's in hindsight, it wasn't so much prisoner of the moment. I mean, I, I saw a lot of the Celtics this year, but just looking at their personnel and how they can match up with basically any team in the NBA um, with the versatility that they have defensively. And, you know, this Warriors team to me, not to discredit them, it, they're, they're clearly not the Warriors of the past. And mm. to compare them to a, a Steph and Kevin Durant team, it's, you know, what team is on that level. Um, but we've seen Clay Thompson, the injuries, he's not the same guy. And it depended on, you know, what you thought Andrew Wiggins game could rise to. So that's where I came from when I thought, eh. to me, I think the Celtics are the better matchup here and they're the better, more complete team. Um, but in hindsight, what what you just hit on, it, it's like what clubs you over the head of. Yeah, uh, in hindsight, I should have went with that of, you know, especially in the finals, who has the best player and who has one of those transcendent players. Jason Tatum's good and Jason Tatum may get there. Jason Tatum's not yeah. at that level. So it, it's, you know, Steph Curry, if you said, well, Steph is going to have an incredible series and it was shaping up that way up until tonight. Yeah, of course, the uh, Warriors are going to win. Um, 
but I just, you know, when you look at the Bucks, it's it's funny you mentioned the Chris Middleton thing too. I, I don't know if it took Chris Middleton making a cameo in the Adam Sandler film that now all of a sudden <laughs> more people like outside of Bucks fans are like, well, you, good to see Chris Middleton there. Oh yeah, good thing Chris Middleton's getting those accolades. So it somewhat has shifted, and I do wonder if the injury is as much as it was unfortunate for the Bucks, mm. and we didn't want to see it. I wonder if the injury kind of curried him some favor there as well of, well, the Bucs are a different team if Chris Middleton's there. And you just see what's different this year to last year. Oh, they didn't have Chris Middleton. And, you know, maybe a casual fan says, well, that's the reason why. And it it might end up costing the Bucs a championship this year. But in the future, maybe Chris Middleton gets put on that level now because he missed the playoff series against the Celtics. Yeah, dry basketball courts is all we're asking for in the future when Chris Milton uh, is involved there. And, and I, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good point. And and the other thing to remember here with both Boston and and Golden State, and this is why Boston can still win this series. By the way, they absolutely can because if they just find a way to win Game Six, and then you do get the Jason Tatum game in Game Seven, all of a sudden he's going to be a legend for life, and the Celtics are going to be NBA champions. So this can swing really quickly. But the other reason why these two teams have been able to carry their way through the NBA playoffs, and this is more so Boston than Golden State, who's had some great offensive games, but it's defense, which is again why when I come back to this Bucks team, yeah, they were missing their number one bucket getter in the playoffs. And ultimately, they lost that series by a few buckets. And they didn't have the one guy that you can rely on for the perimeter. So yeah, we can continue to go back and say that's the reason why they didn't make the postseason. But again, moving forward, I think with draft, uh, with guys that they pick up in free agency and guys they look at in the offseason. Uh, again, it just comes back to having guys on your roster that you can put on the court in playoffs because time and time again throughout even this series with guys like Peyton Pritchard and Jordan Poole at times if he's not making shots, once you get to this stage in the postseason, you just get picked on. Tyler Hero with Miami, yeah. Duncan Robertson, these types of guys that, that don't really do anything on the defensive end. So it's just a nice reminder that the Bucks with, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the league and the pieces around him with Drew Holiday there, Brooke Lopez, everyone knows how I feel about him. That's going to mean that you're in the mix. And then it's about getting some other guys that can play on the court. Uh, one guy that could potentially play on the court that I know a lot of people have been excited about, Dalen Terry. Uh, Frank referenced you as the Arizona expert. You absolutely are. So I want to ask you about him uh, in just a second here. But I mentioned Arcade one up uh, just before. And we have... Big news. The one, the only, NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1-Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a, wait for it, uh, Shaquille O'Neal edition, which uh, this seems pretty fun to me. People are, are obsessed with NBA Jam, and I'm thrilled to tell our listeners that you can once again play hoops with NBA legends in this arcade classic. Uh, jump clear across the court and send the ball on fire, it is one of the first ever games to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through all new leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, then the number one, up.com. Uh, for an estimated early September ship date, arcade1up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, any of those games from starting at 389 bucks. So check this out. They are going to give away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked on listener. Enter for a chance to win the game console 
for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8 to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Uh, don't miss out. Enter today. Uh, who are you going to play with, Justin? What do you think? Well, uh, I was, and that was right in the wheelhouse. If it's the same NBA Jam, uh, I played with the Phoenix Suns all the time because that was my team as a kid, and that was Thunder Dan and Charles Barkley. Hmm. If memory serves, the uh, the Bucks squad was Not great. Not great. suboptimal, to put it best. I think it was Brad Lojas yes. and Blue Edwards yes. were, were your choices there. <laughs> uh, so I'd probably avoid that team. Uh, but, you know, they've got the T-shirts out there, the Giannis and Chris Milton NBA Jam. Maybe Drew Holiday would be the alternate there as well. Uh, so, yeah, you can get get uh, stuck into that there. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to enter that competition, but I'll probably try. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they will, they will ship it out to Australia. So get uh, stuck into that one. Uh, but you mentioned the Phoenix Suns, which is perfect. Uh, a team in Arizona. A college team that you follow, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, my, my guy, Josh Green, a former yeah. player out there, now playing for the Mavericks, Australian, of course. But what about uh, Dale and Terry? Now, of course, if you missed last week's podcast, we had a two-parter with Frank. That wasn't supposed to be a two-parter, but we just spoke for so long that I made it into a two-parter. And one of the guys that he mentioned was Dale and Terry, and he referenced you, Justin, because you've watched more Arizona basketball well, I haven't watched a second of Arizona basketball, to be clear. So it's perfect that you're here. Uh, and when a lot of people tweet at me and we see it in the YouTube comments, he is a consistent name that comes up in people's group of five to six prospects that they'd be really excited about. Uh, so tell us more. What do we need to know? Uh, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you have Not your right up the on... top, for goodness sake, Justin. <laughs> God, just uh, like, give us some hope, please. If you have your heart set on Dale and Terry... Oh I don't God. think it's going to happen. Uh, no. He has really, really been climbing the uh, mocks here in the draft boards that you're seeing from everybody. And I think it's because of a couple of things. So he played at Arizona for two years. He, If you watched any of their tournament games or, or caught Arizona throughout the year on ESPN or anything, you probably didn't see a lot of Dale and Terry. He was a guy that just kind of blended in to the background. Benny Matherin was their star this year and Christian Coloco was their big man. Those were the two guys that you probably noticed the most and not so much Dale and Terry, but his skill set is perfect for a team like the Bucks when you already have guys like Chris and Drew and Giannis and it's perfect for the modern NBA. So he's an okay three-point shooter. I think it was around 36% that he shot last year. It wasn't a high volume of attempts that he took uh, but he can shoot from the outside. The biggest thing is his defense. He was all Pac-10 defensive team. He can defend multiple positions. He has good length. And under the radar, he was kind of the de facto point guard for the Wildcats last year. That I know Benny Matherin was technically their do-it-all guard. Uh, but Dale and Terry was the guy that was running a lot of the offensive sets for this team. So he was versatile enough to really play one through three, and he can defend those positions. And, you know, like I touched on, you didn't really notice him. And that's not really meant to be a knock. He's just one of those guys that has no problem taking a backseat and playing a complimentary role, which, again, ideal to come in here and, and play for a team that's competing for a championship and has guys like Giannis and Chris and Drew. Um, but it's also, you know, a skill set that a lot of NBA teams, especially teams picking around where the Bucks are, 
are really going to be interested in. So he's a guy that I think once the draft process began, he was probably looking at being an early second round pick, late first rounder, right around where the Bucks are. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, it's gone from, well, he's going to be around 25. No, maybe he's going to be around 20. I think he's going to end up going in the top 15. I was talking to somebody, the the college uh, analyst for Fox, Aaron Torres, who said the same, that he thinks he's definitely going to be top 15. Uh, he talked with his AAU coach who just had, obviously, rave reviews for him and talked about the fact that he was one of the guys when he coached early on, he saw he had no problem filling whatever role it was, that especially at that level, you want to showcase yourself when you're in AAU, and that just wasn't Dalen Terry. He was playing within the system and was perfectly fine with taking a backseat to whoever the star was on the team. And a lot of times you can kind of view that as a knock, but I guess it's all under the lens that you apply to, to look at it under. And, and with him, with this team, that's exactly what you want. So to me, the defensive ability, the fact that he can shoot, maybe he's not a great shooter, but he can knock down the shot, and his ball handling ability and ability to run the offense all check off every single box other than size for the Bucks. But he just is the guy I think out there that matches the most of what they would need. And unfortunately, I would be very stunned if he if he lasts even to 20, let alone 24. Well, a man can dream, Justin. But uh, thank you for at least going into detail after you straight away crushed everyone's hopes and dreams in the first three seconds of that answer. But uh, it's funny because, again, uh, you know, when I'm talking to people that know far more about the draft than I do as well, and we are going to have, uh, a, as I said, a, a draft expert or two on the podcast here in the lead up that we'll be able to, that I'll be able to ask the questions that certainly a lot of people are, are asking in the YouTube comments or on Twitter, as I mentioned. Uh, but one of the other guys, that is, the more you read about him, the more you watch him, you get excited about is Jalen Williams, who uh, there's there's been a lot of excitement about him. And similar to Dale and Terry, as you've just referenced and you've watched uh, a lot of him, it's no surprise that the guys that you like the most all of a sudden are climbing on the boards because when you look at what teams want, and again, I just spoke about it, the two teams that are in uh, the NBA Finals right now, and you think about a guy like Andrew Wiggins. Now, yes, I understand that Andrew Wiggins was uh, the number one pick, but I think when Wiggins was the number one pick, uh, pro- people probably saw him as a number one option or a number two option, the scorer uh, type guy. But now you're just seeing him play this unbelievable role for this team defensively, rebounding at the at the three spot, and and those that type of skill set is what every team wants on on their on their roster. And that's why you're seeing uh, these guys that have uh, multifaceted games can defend and do all the little things. That particularly when you're picking from 15 to 30. And most of those teams are pretty damn good. And they are just looking for role players to fill out the roster. They can be really tempting. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how all this plays out. Uh, some other movement over the last couple of days was with the coaching staff. And we anticipated this might be the case. Charles Lee, there's some news with him. Uh, so we'll get to him in a bit as there continues to be some moving parts uh, with the Bucks coaching staff. But uh, if you've got moving parts in your car, that's a terrible situation to be in. And no one, nobody wants that. But our friends at Rock Auto can help you out. If you go to rockauto.com, you can save time and money. Uh, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com? They've got an unbelievable catalog with hundreds and thousands of different items, parts, um, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, 
everything you need is in this catalog at rockauto.com and it's a family business as well and they're keeping the prices reliably low for every customer whether you're an expert or whether you're someone like me that doesn't really know what they're doing so that's the uh that's the beauty of rockauto.com they've also been sponsoring us for a, a very long time so we appreciate uh them for that but go and explore their easy to use website today if to find the solution for your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right locked on in there how did you hear about us box today now we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com well we've been talking about the draft a lot uh, and the ultimate NBA mock draft starts on June 16, so later this week. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now uh, so you don't miss a pick. So, Charles Lee, who, by the way, uh, I, I don't think there's an expectation that he will be one of the finalists for this job in Utah, but I believe he, he's either has interviewed or he's going to interview. Yeah. He's, certainly, he's certainly one of the names that, that's in the mix for the for the Utah Jazz job. But the Bucks, who have already lost a key face, a key voice, a key member of the coaching staff this offseason with Darvin Ham, appear to have moved pretty quickly with Charles Lee and said, okay, let's, let's make sure he's not, he might not, if he gets the Utah job, that's great. I'm sure they'll be happy for him. Uh, but in the meantime, we don't want him going to any other team. So we're just going to slide him up the bench and uh, in a role that's uh, what they're calling associate head coach, which I, I don't know. I thought uh, Darvin Ham's uh, title, I guess, was lead assistant. Yeah. I, I don't know what lead assistant and associate head coach is, to be quite honest. But anyway, I think that this was very predictable as a guy that's been with Bud for a very long time. If Darvin Ham did move off, they would slide Charles Lee up. There's still probably going to be another face, a new voice uh, on, the, on the coaching staff, which, again, I think is exciting. I think that's good. I think that will be nice to, to have someone else in there. Uh, but overall, I'd say pretty expected that Charles would get this uh, promotion within the Buck staff. Yeah, I think we, we knew it was going to be one of two things, either uh, whether it was Utah or Charlotte we saw ultimately filled, but somewhere – Charles Lee goes there to be their head coach or Charles Lee becomes the lead assistant in, in whatever uh, verbiage the Bucks use to uh, make that announcement. So I, I think, and, and you kind of alluded to it as well, I don't think we get this announcement if, if Charles Lee is like one of two finalists for the Jazz job and there's a good chance. Like, I think it's, all right, he's staying in Milwaukee, so we'll make this announcement. But uh, yeah, at, at least you get to retain that because, you know, the Darvin Ham loss is going to be big. And if, if for no other reason than the relationship with the players and, and just having a trusted voice, if you're Bud, that you, know, you look at the staff that he's built through the years, we were kind of talking about it before, but Charles Lee has been with him since 2014, but his first hmm. year, Charles Lee's first year. That's a long Atlanta. time, by the way. That is a long, long time. A long time. Uh, and Darvin had dated back prior to that. But, you know, Bud's first year in Atlanta with the Hawks, I'd mentioned to you just looking through some things earlier today. You look at that staff that he had his first year in Atlanta, and it's insane. His his assistant coaches were Kenny Atkinson, who is now once again a head coach for the second time in his career. Darvin Ham, who's the head coach of the Lakers. Taylor Jenkins, who's the coach of the year, just got an extension and, and the head coach for the Grizzlies. Quinn Snyder, who just stepped down from a head coaching job. 
And then a year later, Charles Lee joined the staff. So like that's the bud coaching tree. So he's had a lot of really, really, really trusted and good assistants through the years. And, you know, it's, it's no different than any other, uh, especially in the NFL, when you look at coordinators, it's no different than any other coaching staff that over time that starts to chip away because these guys are good enough that they find jobs on their own. So it, retaining Charles Lee is huge. And I think we all kind of operate under the assumption of it's probably for the short, short term that Charles Lee is in the same spot that Darvin Ham was where you knew he's going to get a job eventually, but losing both those guys in the same off season would have been huge because that is massive in terms of your shoes to fill. And, and it's, it's not so much what they do because we don't really know, as we've talked about before, basketball's different than mm-hmm. football where you can't really say, well, this guy's the, the defensive guy. Maybe you know who's in charge of shooting and shooting drills, but that's about it. Uh, but just having those guys that have been with you for years and that the players certainly respect and buy into what they're saying. If you lose two of those in one offseason, that's huge. So uh, making sure Charles Lee did not leave yet is big for this team. And now the interesting part is going to, be how they fill out that final spot because I think everybody thought it would be great and had visions of, well, what if Quinn Snyder or Kenny Atkinson or somebody of that nature that has some history with Bud, what if you could get somebody like that to come and and fill that final spot on the staff? Uh, Charles Lee getting this promotion to me signals, well, it's not going to be a big name guy. It's going to be somebody that's coming from college or has a relationship with Bud or maybe had been with him previously that's going to take on a role that starts to expand through the years. So um, the big part and the good part is you didn't lose both of them in one off season, but I think it's only inevitable, inevitable that, that you're going to lose Charles Lee eventually that we've seen similar things with Darvin ham and Charles Lee's time is going to come where he's going to get a head coaching job as well. Just thankfully not this off season. Yeah, I think that's right. And you mentioned, obviously, the guys that have worked with Bud before, whether it's Kenny Atkinson, Quinn Snyder, Darvin Ham, Taylor Jenkins, all these guys that are now head coaches or have been there. And, of course, it's an extension of the San Antonio tree. But it is, you know, interesting that for all the criticism of Bud and what he's done, and by the way, everyone knows, I've acknowledged it, I'm a Bud backer, I'm a Bud supporter, okay? So I, I understand that. And people, there will be people that will never agree with this. But it's always interesting to me, as you said, that from the outside, it's very difficult for us to sit here and say, okay, well, what is the influence of assistant coaches uh, under Mike Budenholzer? And we know that he does like to delegate different responsibilities, and he's certainly not someone that tries to steer the ship all on his own. Uh, But for the most part, these assistants have had uh, great reputations, uh, great resumes, and seem to be praised as excellent coaches everywhere and and then you have bud who continually gets criticized which to me uh, that doesn't exactly add up but in terms of guys that they might bring in I, I think you're right historically when you look at the guys that he's had on his coaching staff most of the time uh, to begin with it's been inexperienced guys or or younger guys coming through so while i know you even you know referenced uh yeah mike d'antoni or someone who, D'Antoni, who, yeah. who if mike d'antoni came and and was on the bench i think that in the wider basketball community there would be a lot of excitement uh, to yeah. see what the bucks would do offensively and i would probably get sucked into that and buy into that i would <laughs> and and same if you had an experienced guy like quinn snyder but i do think as you point to that history probably tells us uh that it's probably going to be uh hopefully a young a young bright mind that's uh that's ready for a for a good opportunity on a team that's that's looking to contend. But again, 
Uh, personally, for me, I don't think it's a bad thing that there's going to be a new voice and a new face uh, with that coaching staff there. And I believe a couple of the coaches are actually uh, with Giannis over in Greece. And we understand the relationships yeah. they have with their players, but I think Vin Baker's over there. Uh, Oppenheimer, I believe, is over there as well. So, yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, this is what the Bucks do. This is why they got such a great locker room. This is why the coaches and the players have such a great relationship as well. And I'm sure uh, whoever the next hire is uh, will be the same. But, uh, Justin, again, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks their first listen or watch of every day. But make sure you check out the Locked On NBA Big Board hosted by Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. And uh, he's joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, hopefully I've said all those names uh, correctly there, Justin, but I can't guarantee it. So we'll see what happens. What's up with you? What's going on in the offseason? In the offseason, not a whole lot. I'm still adjusting to an actual normal offseason where it's not, Mm. what, that's right. Seven weeks or so, whatever it's it was last to, year. It's starting to drag a little bit, right? It's it's starting to drag now, <laughs> and I have used a lot of my free time to get back into baseball, which kind of yeah. got kicked Bad to timing. the curve the last couple of years. But there's three teams that I follow and really have followed throughout my life, and um, none of those three are performing too well right now. So it's hurry up with the fall already. Yeah, it's pretty sad when you uh, realize that you are still actually watching the NBA and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm ready for this season to tip off again. But there's plenty of action in between the draft. Uh, Summer League, obviously, at the end of this month uh, kicks off or the start of July, uh, and then we roll through. And as we said, potentially some international play for Giannis, uh, which will obviously keep us very occupied here on Locked On Bucks. A few guests uh, coming up this week. I said, uh, I won't name a name. There is a draft expert coming. Once I lock it in, I'll be able to fill you guys in. But Dave Kane, I believe, the radio voice colleague of uh, the great uh, Justin Garcia. I think we're going to drag him on the pod for the first time uh, as well. And uh, I'll continue to work on guests and those types of things here for off-season content. So hopefully uh, you guys are all still enjoying it. But we'll leave it there for today. For Justin myself, uh, take it easy. Catch you guys tomorrow.